Hey, welcome to the Tunes Podcast. I'm Harold. Thanks for joining us. Uh, this is episode seven. We got Casey McElroy in the house. Hey, what man. Uh, real quick, I just want to tell you guys where you can find us on social. That's Tunes Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. Uh, you can also find us on um, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And so, yeah, man, pretty excited to have you in, Casey. Uh, thanks for coming in, man. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah. And so actually, me and Casey go a little ways back. Uh, we met yes. at UCO. Yes. So uh, different majors, but like he said earlier, we kind of <laughs> kept ending up in the same classes. Yes. Yeah. You were a uh, uh, stratcom major. I was a pro media major, and uh, we just kept ending up in uh, classrooms together, even though we had completely different majors. And uh, what do you know? It just stuck. Yeah. And so that was funny, man. Like I uh, kept taking video classes mostly because of Mark Scott. Yeah. And you know Mark. Yeah. And uh, so anyone that goes to uco probably knows mark so but we kept ending up in the same classes because i really liked him and he kept saying like hey man take my classes and so it kind of culminated in me taking like the capstone class for the video department yes. yeah. <laughs> without being in the video program yes yes and so that was that was pretty funny <laughs> but it was an interesting semester it was a fun semester i think we uh we had some interesting times um i know i did yeah, it was a good time, man, for sure. Uh, so that that capstone class I was talking about was uh, like the the professional media, right? Yeah, advanced video advanced, production. Yeah, I advanced think is video what it was. production. And so I've talked about it before um, with Tim uh, Tim Wynn that was on, um, just talking about that class was, you know, we just have a band in and we do like a very professional very polished like at live at abbey road studios type of episode where we'd have the band in and do like an interview and then they would do a set yeah and it was fun i mean i i never really like i started doing video just because i took um basic video because mm-hmm. um, everybody has to take it like even the strat commerce had yeah. to take it uh but i really liked it i really liked editing and um like shooting the video cutting it and all that good stuff i yeah. thought it was fun and so but that was like right up your right in your wheelhouse right yeah yeah i was um a pro media major so it was all videography stuff cutting stuff up editing stuff um finding cool things to do projects for and then also after taking a few of your classes uh some of them with you um i actually got the uh stratcom bug and so i also have a minor in stratcom <laughs> cuz i really enjoy the um the content marketing, advertising, social media, that whole world. So I wanted to kind of have a foot in both places because they both they both spoke to me uh, similarly. Yeah, I think it's really good to be well-rounded like that too. Yeah. Because I yeah. feel like I maybe not hadn't – I probably haven't retained as much video stuff as you have reta- retained like Stratcom stuff. And so uh, I always kind of wish that I got like a maybe like a minor or something in production or something like that. Yeah, I mean it can only it can only help your chances. Yeah. Um, so I figured, why not? Um, let's let's do it and we'll see what happens. Yeah, just kind of like widening your skill set. Yeah. And uh, I think you're actually going to be on that, right? You're going to be on like the the newest uh, the next class of that, right? You're going to be on the uh, advanced yeah. video class. 
Yeah, it's a uh, it's a show called Soundcheck. Uh, you can find it on uh, UCO's um, YouTube channel, youtube.com slash ucentralmedia. Um, I guess next week I'm going to go in and play uh, play a few tunes, and they're going to interview me, and then we're going to have people in the class chop it all up and make it look pretty and make me look better than uh, I actually am. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> it doesn't happen very often. <laughs> Yeah, man, that'll be cool. Um, and you kind of low key have like a background in music too. I guess we should touch on that because yeah, you've been gigging for several years, right? Yeah, I've been gigging for a while. Um, I had a um, had have uh, it's hiatus time right now, but I'm in a band called the Broken Okies. Um, we've played at uh, numerous places around uh, Oklahoma. Played. Uh, the Wormy Dog, a few times. May she rest in peace. Um, <laughs> and never uh, forget. Yes, yes. Uh, cowboy hats out for Wormy Dog. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, we we gigged for about ten years. Uh, so right now, I'm trying to sort of find things to do in Oklahoma City because my um, my weekends were gigging for for the longest time so now with all this stuff happening in you know midtown and plaza district i'm kind of acquainting myself with all that stuff uh not gigging anymore and and also being uh recently unmarried so uh you know i've got to find new ways to uh, enjoy the nightlife and so uh it's it's been fun i've been i've enjoyed it i enjoyed gigging i enjoy i still enjoy playing but uh it's it's kind of both, best of both worlds right now. I gig when I want to, and when I don't want to, I just go and hang out and find cool stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that's, yeah, definitely cool that you're able to do that still, even like the band's on hiatus and everything. So it's cool that Mark's giving you that that opportunity to come up and just yeah. kind of do like a solo set. That'll be fun. Yeah. I but th- a, a very a very uh, Springsteen-laden uh, set, I'd imagine. Oh, uh, I think we're going to do, <laughs> s- I don't know, I it's only about four songs. So you really got to be choosy with uh, the material you do. Obviously we're going to do some original tunes, but when it comes to picking the covers, it's really, it's kind of like a choosing your favorite child, I guess. Oh yeah. Uh, I just said, I guessed, um, I (laughs) guess. Um, Oh, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting, uh, thing to have to pick those covers but there might be there might be a springsteen song in there i, I sprinkle some in there I, I if i were a betting man i'd i'd put money on that yeah that's cool man you're and you're kind of like high key a uh, like a vinyl collector too because i remember we were at you know a little while back we were at um where were we barnes and noble yes and we we're checking out all the different and it was just funny like looking through those with you and you're like Oh, I have that one. Yeah, I have that one. <laughs> yeah, it kind of became a sickness. Um, the a couple of years ago, I stopped buying guitars. I have about fourteen guitars. Jesus, and I couldn't keep up that lifestyle. Yeah, <laughs> and so my collectivism—that's uh, not the right word. That's <laughs> that's like and ran stuff. I the think the collector in you. I uh, guess. The collector in me. Yes, <laughs> um, I'm just completely splitting words up uh the collector in me moved to vinyl and i just bought everything i could get my hands on so i'm not one of those people that has to have a first pressing of sergeant peppers or something like that if there's an album that i have liked i will buy it 
And uh, if it's an album that has a couple of good songs, I I don't buy it. So yeah. it's got to pass the album test for me to put it in the uh, in the collection. Yeah, that's cool. And there's so many people that kind of err on the side of pretension when it comes to that. Yeah, They're like I I I yeah. only have the first press of that. Yes. Oh, uh, it sounds so much better on vinyl. I like, have a wow. 1964 first pressing of With the Beatles, and it's <laughs> fantastic. I never listened to it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like you just fantasize about just grabbing those people's necks and just ringing them. Why have something if you're not going to – why have a, a nice guitar if you're not going to play it? Why have a really nice sounding record if you're not going to listen to it? Yeah. Uh, those people who buy action figures and keep them in the box – no, pull that out and play with it. Yeah, that's what she said. I just realized. <laughs> I just realized what I had done as soon as I said it. And uh, you know what? I don't care. Uh, it applies in both situations. It impli- yeah, it, it implies and applies. <laughs> Casey's actually drunk. He uh, been drinking. He's been day drinking. So. I have not. <laughs> Harold, stop. It. <laughs> uh, don't you just hate those times where you're just like, man, I swear I speak English. Like, yes, it happens to me all the time. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'll be doing the rest of the podcast. Wow. Jesus. I can't, I can't really, I, I'm sorry. This is a talking podcast <laughs> and I am having trouble talking. So, well, it's making me laugh. So I don't <laughs> mind. <laughs> wow. Uh, no, but it's just a funny thing. Um, I've, uh, going back to like the records, um, Mac that I had on, she is, she kind of got into it just from, I think she said that her uncle um, passed away, but she left, he left her his like, uh, collection. And so mm-hmm. she went and got like a, just like a cheap record player, like a vintage stock or something. Yeah. And that's how, kind of how she got into collecting them and like finding the stuff that she liked. But she was real, like similar to you. Like it's the things that she liked. She didn't just get it and just like collect it and not like ever play it or anything. Mm-hmm. And even with me, like I'm trying to get a little bit more into it. Um, a friend of mine actually bought me a record player, and then um, he kind of has set himself up to have me have, like, the present that he's going to get me, like, every birthday or Christmas. Oh, nice. And so uh, it was cool. He bought me that, and then, like, a, you know, Kings Leon are, are my yeah. guys. Yeah. And so he uh, bought me, like, an album, and then the, my birthday he bought me another album, mm-hmm. Kings of Leon. Mm-hmm. And then Christmas it was, you know, another album, yeah. Kings of Leon. Yeah. And so it was pretty cool. Like, he... Uh, you know, that like set himself up to like buy him. Like, yeah, he knows what he's getting <laughs> yeah. you. Each, he's like, yeah. I know you don't have this, so here you go. <laughs> yeah, I actually have youth and young manhood on vinyl myself, so I can I can speak to uh, to the Kings of Leon fandom that yes, that's that that's good presents that you're getting. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. Like those are my guys for sure. So it was really cool to get those, mm-hmm. and I love. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just like the nostalgia of it or like the novelty of it, but just like getting the little needle and just doop, and you can see like the groove. So you're like, let me yeah. get right on that song. Boop. It's something tactile about it's a large sleeve. And so you can sit there and you can look at the sleeve and listen to the music and it kind of it creates a different experience. And also it's a, it's sort of a repetition thing. So you sit there and you, you have like a drink, you have a cocktail or something and listen to the record, three or four songs and needle skips. Oh, oh 
get over, you know, turn the record and put it back on and then nice. four more. And so there's this kind of nice repetition and routine it's of like it. like a cadence almost. Yeah, yeah. And that's always something that I've responded to yeah. with vinyl uh, of just that, that, that touch thing. Yeah. Digital is great. Digital has a lot, you know, you can put 10,000 songs on a tiny little hard drive in your pocket, but there's also something about pulling out a big disc of wax and putting it down and, like you said, dropping a needle on it and that whole process of grooves and the grooves have information on them and that comes out of a speaker and just that, the science of it, um, it's much, it feels bigger. satisfaction is just like... The satisfaction factor. Uh, the needle falling off made me think of that Chappelle show where he's like, hit the table, record skip, record skip. That <laughs> Chapp- like it was talking about <laughs> Tupac telling the future. And so I love that episode. Like I always think of that whenever I hear like people talking about record skipping. Yes. I'm like, oh man, like instant recall back to Chappelle show. <laughs> There's a lot of things in my life, unfortunately, that are instant recall to Chappelle show. It's, it's really weird. I remember being uh, in high school when that hit like its peak you know 2003 2004 and i think it was on on a tuesday on tuesday night tuesday nights and wednesday morning everybody is walking through the hallways screaming you know ah darkness at each other or or anything from the <laughs> from the previous episode just screaming at each other down the halls. And it was just, it was this weird comedy phenomenon. Yeah, it was almost like the thing. Like you had to, like, if you didn't watch the episode, you weren't like in the know the next yeah. day. Yeah. Cause then you're like, oh man, like what are they talking about? Yeah. It, it, I feel bad for the people who didn't watch it because they have no idea why people are screaming, I'm Rick yourself. James bitch at each other <laughs> through the hall. I can't imagine how much Rick James heard that after that episode came out. I can't imagine how much Dave Chappelle heard that. Yeah, I was going to say even Dave Chappelle. He can't go to Disney World without, you know, everybody. He talked about that, right? In his, like, stand-up. But, yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) It's the phenomenon for sure. (laughs) And he low-key had some some really good uh, musical guests on there, right? He was the first to put Kanye on. I think. Yeah. Uh, with common, it was like the season finale. The food. I thought. Yeah. That's a, that's a great tune. Um, yeah, he had great musical guests. Uh, the John Mayer sketch he did with, yeah. um, what was it? I, it was quest love, right? It was quest love. Oh, John it, Mayer it, 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 it of Rose just, has a storm. yeah. He's like my, Hey my man, how you know that song? Man, I'm from the suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're just the rest of this episode is just us reenacting, yeah. Every great Chappelle show movement, yeah. So, go, no, I'm okay. Kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, nah, man, we yeah. I could definitely. Like, <laughs> we could re- go for two yeah, hours just on say, Chappelle show. Freaking go on that for sure. Um, so yeah, kind of segueing into that, just like the different genres type of thing. Um, I have noticed that about you, just like talking to you about your preferences and what you listen to, like the different bands you like is that you're kind of all over the board with like the things that you like. And I think that's been a common theme for like a lot of the people that I've had on is that you can't really put them in a box. They all really like different things. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's always interesting to see, like you can go from listening to like classic rock to like jazz or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, there's so much good stuff out there. It, you kind of limit yourself and are missing out on a ton of stuff if you just say, I'm only going to listen to top 40 country. 
Yeah. And especially if you say, I'm going to listen to Top 40 Country, because that's just... It's just the same song 10 times. Well, you know, I'm not going to be the music police, <laughs> but there's better stuff out there. But if you do like Top 40 Country, also listen to, maybe listen to some classic rock, or listen to some hip-hop, or listen to some Americana and Roots music, because, like I said, there's too much cool stuff out there to only listen to one genre. I've looked at my iPod back in the day and just thought, wow, I've got some weird, I've got Metallica next to Miles Davis. <laughs> this is, this is weird. Yeah, it is like the, the transition you go through. You're like, how, what? Like just scrolling through. Yeah. You're like, how the heck? Yeah. Like you're my like iPod on sh- to another, my iPod on shuffle was a weird, weird place to be. Yeah, for sure. Like it's just, yeah, you never know what's going to like pop up or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So speaking of like the Miles Davis, um, I don't know how like in the jazz you are, but we did talk about one of your, like, you know, your top favorite anime being uh, Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. And so that's like the, the, I think that show will come up in every episode that I do. <laughs> it's, because it's just, there's something for everyone in that show. Yeah. It's this weird, it's either a gateway show for people to get into anime or it's their favorite show. And sometimes both, it has this thing of it's probably the, the most that I've seen the most Western anime, uh, out there. If that makes any sense, just the, the sensibilities and stuff. And there are, like you said, there's so much in it to appeal to a different, musical genres you know you have the heavy metal queen episode yeah you have jupiter jazz you have um you know there's blues music in there there's uh allusions to uh classical music and classic rock and it's just something for everybody in that show uh both animation wise and musically yeah i think that is true just like there's like not this there's like obviously the same theme but there's always like these different things that they pick pick up on like throughout the show. There's like different motifs even, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh man, it's kind of like a different thing that they would usually do. And some of it's yeah. stylized differently, but it's cool. You see like elements of like film noir in it. Yes, like, and then there's like very, very much like the old like detective type things. Like it, it just comes in and spikes narrating like. Oh, right. I was there. It was nighttime. And yeah. Like, you know, like the classic, yeah. like voiceover, like almost Dick Tracy type shit. That and there's like, like you said, there's different genres. There's, there's Western stuff. There's film noir stuff. And there's also these certain standalone episodes and the serialized episodes, you know, Ballad of Fallen Angels. i the first time Spike and Vicious fight each other in the in the church and all that stuff, and it's it's really serialized and kind of pushes the series forward. But you also have episodes like Toys in the Attic or Pierre LeFou, which is which are great episodes that are just simply standalone episodes that have really nothing to do with the rest of the series. Yeah. And you've got that nice balance to where you can you can enjoy both sides of that. Yeah, it's kind of we talked about um, one of the common, a lot of like the same common tropes keep showing up. And I think that one does a really cool and interest has a really cool and interesting, interesting way of like breaking out of like the common thing that happens in every, every anime that's like the, the 
you know, the thing everyone's done type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's really different. And like you said, some of the stand- standalone episodes almost it's almost like an anthology type thing. Like this isn't like yeah. part of the canon really, but this is like part yeah. of the story. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just interesting for sure because, you know, when you get those bits that advance the plot though, you're like, oh man, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Another thing about Bebop that's great is speaking of animation and music are the little, I don't know if you would call them in jokes or Easter eggs, two music that are in those episodes, you look at a lot of the uh, episode titles. Uh, Honky Tonk Woman is a Rolling Stones song. Um, I think uh, the Black Dog Serenade is a Zeppelin song, is uh, Black Dog. Um, there's actually, in the Pierre LeFou episode, there's that montage where you see how, they're, how they created him, how they genetically engineered him. And there's a little kind of baseline little music thing going through there that's very reminiscent to the song on the run by uh, pink Floyd. It's the second track on dark side of the moon, which that both of those thematic um, elements, both cowboy bebop and dark side of the moon are very kind of hand in hand with each other. So there's a lot of really interesting kind of uh, musical touches in that show. You can tell that, the people who made it and wrote it, there's really a love for Western rock and roll in that show. And it, it's kind of a through line through the whole show. Yeah. And that's cool whenever you can actually pick that stuff out because like, it's something that's maybe in your wheelhouse or you just, it, it resonates and you're like, uh, let me look that up or whatever. And then it's almost like a, like a game, like you're, yeah. like you're piecing the puzzle together. You're like, Oh, that's, that was like a theme in that. And then mm-hmm. that's where that reference came from. And it makes you find it in the show and you're like, oh, yeah, it makes it feel like it's yours. Like the show belongs to you more because you also got that deep pull. So, oh, they they put that in there and I recognize, oh, this is definitely for me. Yeah. And it it, it ingratiates itself. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, I think that is one of the main ones. I think I think I've asked a couple people what like a good gateway you said it earlier like a gateway or like beginning series for people to watch would be yeah and um it's almost always uh bebop or dbz yeah i and feel so, like but that DBZ should be is a whole different animal though so yes i feel like that should be your first question for each episode is so how much do you love cowboy bebop yeah because pretty much <laughs> let's get this out of the way first i don't uh, think i've ever met anybody <laughs> and i'm sure they're out there yeah people who just go oh cowboy bebop it's the worst yeah i've never met anybody but i you know they're out there yeah there was a mac actually hadn't ever watched bebop really and so i was oh yeah i was as surprised as you were i was like what <laughs> okay and we so need- she said she she's like that's on my list for sure and so i was like yeah you need to like we stopped doing the episode and you need to go home and start watching it now yeah we need to do like a commentary episode where we have mac come in and we just watch watch she watching it <laughs> yeah she'll watch the episode and we'll watch her watching it and it'll be it'll be weird for her being stared at for an hour two hours but it'll be great for us because we can watch somebody watch uh bebop for the first time yeah it is like the like you never get that feeling back of like yeah how it hits you the yeah. first time you never you forget your it. first time yeah oh yeah it's so special wow mm-hmm. so special <laughs> That's nice. Uh, so I talked to, we touched a little bit about, uh, touched a little bit on Dragon Ball Z. Yes. I was saying earlier. 
and uh, James Nim that was on before, he talked about um, how interesting that show is because we got Dragon Ball Z first, and it was like right uh, when Raditz happened. I think it's okay. whenever we like the first um, run of it. I uh-huh. think is what it was, and so we come ha- come into the story, and we're like, "Who's this guy? Like, who's this Goku guy? Like, yeah." And then you have no ties to him. You have, you're not invested in him at all. And then Gohan's yeah. getting like kidnapped by Raditz. Right. And you're like, why do I even care about that kid? Like, I don't even know who this guy is. But it's yeah. funny, we all started at the same point. But now it's like, that is like one of the most beloved shows. Yeah. Was the first time you saw it on Toonami? I think it was. on the, uh, Like the original run, Toonami. Okay. I, I actually, it was the first, um, the first anime i ever saw was dragon ball z when i was a kid it was actually on um i want to say it was upn mike allen said that he said he saw it like in dallas but it was like on like an oeta type channel yeah it was on it was either on channel 34 or channel 43 they got the syndication rights first and i remember seeing it thinking what is this was it when raditz was like when that i uh, see i can't even arc? remember the episode oh, okay i just remember the the theme song it was like that dragon dragon <laughs> da, 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 Dra- yeah yeah and i remember seeing it i remember seeing it and going what is this <laughs> and then also wondering why the episode started with people getting ready to fight and then at the end of the episode people were still getting ready to fight yeah it's like what what are we waiting on? What? You should have got used to that that day because yeah, the days of uh, the filler episodes on Namek making the spirit bomb. Yeah. Frustrating. Um, that brings up DBZ Kai, oh, yeah. which is something I do want to check out because that's always been my frustration with uh, Dragon Ball Z is like, all right, we're going to fight five episodes later. All right, let's fight. Yeah, and you're just like, God dang. Especially when you only get one episode a day. Yeah, and like you would get like a real bad cliffhanger episode on Friday. Right. And just be like, man, this shit sucks. Right. That was, watching it on Toonami was really frustrating because you would only get that one episode and you'd have to wait. I imagine DVD and Blu-ray have kind of cooled those anime blue balls a little bit. (laughs) But uh, I think... I, I, I want to try Kai. I've heard both good things and bad things about it. Yeah. Uh, so I want to try. I know they've got Blu-rays of each season or each saga rather. So I want to I think I want to try. try we should like that. marathon those. We'll take it. We'll take some time. and We'll both marathon them. Yeah. And uh, do like a parallel and see how it is like one um, one version to another. Just kind of cross-reference yeah i'm pretty sure one version is going to be a lot longer than the other uh so is kai supposed to be like a little bit more like uh i guess streamlined like less filler yeah they from what i understand for instance you know the frieza saga it takes forever for goku to um i think he's he's either getting to Namek or training or possibly both. It's been a while since I've seen the yeah. Frieza saga. He's like on the ship. Yeah. Training in like hundred times Earth's gravity. Right. Yeah. And that's like maybe f- somewhere between like five and 10 episodes. I think it kind of trims that back to where it might be maybe two or three episodes. And that's kind of why I want to watch hmm. it is because I'm not sure really how much filler is trimmed for all I know. I'll, 
watch Kai and still be like, eh, that's a little too, a too little much. Too watered down. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I want to, I want to get a, a volume and, uh, and see. Yeah. Just kind of, cause you know how it is like normally. Yeah. Kind of watch it and see how it matches up and you're like, Oh, we'll see if it skips along yeah. at a little brisker pace and then we'll see. We'll go from there. Yeah. That, that kind of reminds me that like of another thing we, we've talked about with like several other guests is, um, the, uh, people, um, adapting like the adaptations of, uh, series into movies. Yes. Um, not necessarily just live action, but we had, we did talk about like live action ones mm-hmm. and how difficult it is to, you know, really compact a series that's pretty long, something like Dragon Ball Z or like, um, even Akira, is several volumes yes. in the manga. And yeah. uh, Jackson Compton talked about like how that was kind of a lengthy series, but like the anime did a good job of staying staying true like the source material. I think it's hard to I don't know cuz there's always going to be the people that are like, "Oh, well you didn't pick this specific thing right. out, so this entire thing is bullshit because you right. missed that one detail." And it's like, I, "Come on, dude." I saw it a lot with the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Uh, people going, there's four chapters about what Ginny Weasley had for breakfast and they did not put that in the movie. And I'm really mad because <laughs> I wanted to see her eating eggs and bacon. It's, you got to cut some stuff. These, these later books are, you know, five, 600 pages long. You got to, you got to well, trim it somewhere. Well, yeah. And it's just like that. I mean, there's always so much more source material and I guess there's not really one right answer, you know, but yeah, it's just, to think, you know, it's got to be hard to try to decide what will go into the final cut, yes. what's not going to make the final cut. But if it's something that you read or, like, was aware of before an adaptation mm-hmm. was made, I don't think you're ever truly going to be, like, satisfied with, like, the end product. Yeah, it's the the trick of putting something in a medium, in a written medium to a visual medium is you can... In a book, you can, especially if it's written in third person, you can talk about the character's mindset and how they feel and their motivations and things like that. Whereas in a movie, you have to sort of, you either have to rely on exposition or really good actors. And especially when it comes to anime, so much of anime is style. You know, so much of. Dragon Ball Z, for instance, is style. And you can't really, as we saw with the Dragon Ball Evolution Ugh. movie, you can't you can't do spiky hair in real life and it not look really, really silly. I mean, the designs of those characters are so, you know, Akira, to- Akira Toriyama, those designs are so singular to that medium that you either have to do what they did in evolution and try and kind of mold it into a real world thing, which failed, or you have to do it really looking like the characters, which I feel like would fail just as much. It, it almost feels like it's something unfilmable, but people said that about Watchmen. And, oh yeah. And it got me. And yeah, we got giant blue dong on the screen. Yes. Yes. Thanks. Thanks. Zack Snyder. <laughs> The man who killed Superman. Um, so yeah, kind of going off of that, um, the uh, 
another series that you said that you're a fan of that I don't think we've actually brought up um, in any episode bef- um, so far is uh, Lupin the Third. Yes. And um, yeah, I think that's an interesting one um, just because it goes back so far. And I think yeah. people that maybe watch on on Toonami or like Adult Swim or whatever, whatever they watched it on, like on Cartoon Network maybe weren't aware of like how old it is yeah it, yeah it's like it's funny and then whenever you when you know it and then you see like the clothes and like the style everything you're like how did i not know that this was like yeah it's throwback it's got some mileage on it um i i'm a huge james bond fan and it's got kind of that style of granted it's it's thieves instead of spies but it's got that globe hopping sort of travel log exotic locations um action you know girls and guns and that sort of thing and it's a little bit screwball as well you know you talk it about it is yeah <laughs> talk about lupon and fujiko and their relationship and it's a little bit cartoony i know it's it is a cartoon, <laughs> but you, you this know what is I so mean? It's so not believable. It's, it's very, it's very kind of, uh, like I said, screwball. And, you know, he thinks that there's like a mannequin on a, on a beach chair. He thinks it's Fujiko and it turns out it's not. And it's something that explodes and it's, the, yeah. you know, it's, it's like weird, a time bomb. Yeah. It's almost like a Looney Tunes type thing in some aspects, but it's, it's a, such a great show tonally. It doesn't really take itself seriously. But there are times when it does get serious, but it doesn't feel out of place with the rest of the show. So I, I think it's on Hulu right now. You can actually stream it. Oh, okay. Um, the, the, I believe the one they showed on uh, Cartoon Network is part three. Yeah. So there, were, there was, yeah, there was several different iterations. Yeah. There's two versions even before that. And part three is old. Part three, I want to say is maybe late sixties, early seventies. Yeah. And there's, you know, two more parts before that. And part three right now is streaming on Hulu subs and dubs in case you're a purist, but (laughs) it, uh, it's, it's a great show. And if you haven't seen it, I would recommend, um, I would recommend getting on that. And, uh, I would like to marry a woman that looks like Fujiko, (laughs) a cartoon character. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Just putting that out there. (laughs) No, it's, uh, yeah, that's one that I feel like there's like a lot of these that were on, maybe on Toonami or Adult Swim and people either missed them or just never gave them a chance. And then they like went away mm-hmm. and then now they're like kind of coming back and people are like, wait, I kind of remember this. Cause that's how it was for me in Paranoia Agent. Yeah. I like never remember that being on Adult Swim or Toonami. It can and be, I was like, "How? What the hell? Like, I don't remember that ever being on like Cartoon Network ever." It can be hard crawling out of the shadow of Dragon Ball Z and Gundam Wing, yeah. Because I feel like when you're thirteen, fourteen, when you find Toonami, or when we found Toonami, rather, yeah, it was all about people throwing fireballs and giant robots. That's it, man. And still to this day, I love people throwing fireballs <laughs> and giant robots. But you also find time for the more nuanced stuff, yeah. So I yeah I agree with you. There's a lot of stuff that is maybe underrated that is now being being seen and being brought back. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know me because I you know I'm like the self-proclaimed like fan of like basic bitch anime. Mm-hmm. So oh, like, I'm right there with you. My whole platform is built on like 
yeah dragon ball z and all those but yeah it's interesting now to like get to talk to people about ones that i wasn't aware of before Mm -hmm. and the things that draw them into it and then i project it onto like myself and i'm like that doesn't like something i would like like let me give that let me give that a chance yeah and so there's shows like that that have made it onto my list that i'm like checking out now so yeah paranoia agent steins gate all the ones that you know you kind of talk about the subject like that of anime and you talk about it enough like the same things are going to start coming up yeah and so as those come up like more and more like if it's something that's obviously resonating i'm like well i obviously need to check this out because this is like the third person that has like suggested that show right we seem to like a lot of the same shit so it's like yeah you know i obviously got to give this a chance Everybody keeps telling me I need to watch Evangelion. Well, I might as well watch Evangelion. Yeah, I mean, that's a... And see, I never watched that one, but, you know, as much as I like Gundam Wing, mm-hmm. um, I think I can transition onto that one because it's, you know, kind of like that in that mech, uh, yeah. like, sub-genre. Yeah. And so I watched ones, like, I watched Big O, and I watched, yes. um, you know, Gundam Wing. G Gundam was a good one. Have um, you ever watched Robotech? That... Uh, Jackson Compton actually brought Robotech up. Okay. And how it was, um, they packaged it, like it was actually marketed as like a three-part series. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they were actually not related. He said that they actually brought it together and it was a product of marketing that yeah. they were packaged as like a, almost like an anthology. And so it's yeah. funny you brought that one up. It's There's three series. It would be if somebody took... Mobile Suit Gundam, Gundam Z, and Gundam Wing, and said these are all the same thing. Yeah. But I would highly recommend at least the first, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the first series, the fir- the Macross saga, the very first, maybe, I think it might be 80-some-odd episodes. Is that when the, there's like, they first, there was like a, they bring like the ship down yeah. from space, and yeah. then they're like trying to fix it before like alien, the aliens come get right. it. Right, and then they get it, and yeah, it's... It's really great for people around our age who grew up in that time period that we grew up in where Transformers and giant robots in space and jets and G.I. Joe and all, all that stuff was big. It kind of taps all of those in one series. And uh, I, I love it. I would, I would highly recommend if you, especially if you love giant robots. Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely you got to check that out for, go for sure. It. And so, like, and that's one of the things, like, you know, you just brought that up. And I don't, like, yeah, I don't know if you even know Jackson, but it's funny that Mm-mm. you guys like the same things, it seems yeah. like. And so that just goes back to the theme, you know, if it's anime, we talk about it enough with enough people, the same mm-hmm. things are going to start popping up. Anime bringing people together. That's it, man. Making the world a better place. Exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, Robotech was one that he talked about that I hadn't been able to check out yet. But another one that he said, I believe it was Jackson that talked about, um, was, um, Castlevania. Yeah. And actually just, uh, I am on the last episode now. Okay. And, uh, it's great. (laughs) It's great. Uh, I actually was talking to a friend about it and, um, they kind of fell off after the first episode. And he said that, he had heard a couple people say stick through it get to that second episode and you'll definitely finish it and i could see that i mean there's not a lot to finish yeah it's like man you couldn't finish four episodes like in yeah. like 20 minutes you could yeah. lock those out in one sitting 
I knocked it out in about an hour and a half. Yeah. It's just funny. Like, um, but you know, it's one of those things like, that's a hardcore people, show. Yeah. People are like, if it doesn't draw you in right away, then it, you're not going to finish it. But for me, it was like, man, like I was pretty much like from the beginning, I was like, what's going on? Yeah. It's, it's not for, uh, for, for kids. kids. It's a no. hard R type show. I, yeah. the first five minutes of that first episode, we'll just call it Dracula's wrath yeah. where you have not just men, but women and children being pretty destroyed. Yeah. It's ripped literally limb from limb. It's super gory. Yeah. Um, it's that lets you know right off the bat. Oh, this. Okay. We're going all in on the, uh, on the violence here. Yeah, I remember watching that and getting to that point because up to that point, there's not a whole lot of violence. There's the, there's the part in the, um, there's the part in the bar where they get in that bar fight. Yes, and you're like, oh, okay, this is kind of like it. It, it. To me, it was more funny than anything. I was just like, oh yeah. man, it's classic. And then yeah, Dracula like comes back after you know he gave them the yeah. warning and just starts like shitting on everyone like yeah that was crazy yeah. like people literally getting like ripped apart yeah i mean i was like this is violent as hell and and showing kids yeah. getting you know normally you see if you see it it's like the aftermath but it, like no it is a like demon dog like tearing apart an 8 year old yeah that and was and it immediately kind of sets you up to go Oh, okay. These are these are kind of the stakes here. Yeah, it's kind of an animated version of Game of Thrones, where it's like we are going to eliminate all your preconceptions about this being a happy show in any way, shape, or yeah. form. There's no good guy. There's just bad guys and less bad people. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to show you some stuff. Yeah, it was um, it was definitely surprising. Um, because you don't, I mean, you don't really know how Dracula is like, going to take his revenge or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he just starts summoning, like you said, like those crazy, like hell dogs. I don't even know what they were, but, and then they just start just ripping people to shreds and it's, it's like showing people's like spinal columns getting yeah. ripped out with their heads. I was like, what the hell is this mortal combat? It, rem- <laughs> it reminded me a lot of the, I'm pretty sure you, if this has been brought up, let me know, but. It reminded me a lot of the Spawn animated show. No, Mike did talk about Spawn, but not about like the show. It, it's very anime. The style is very anime influenced. It is. It's a really good show. They only did two seasons on HBO, and you can find it pretty cheap. The complete series uh, wherever finer DVDs are sold. But uh, <laughs> Suncoast. So, oh, oh shit! Pour one out for Suncoast and Blockbuster. <laughs> Um, oh, I miss Blockbuster, but the it's really, really violent in the way that like Castlevania was. I mean, the first of uh, maybe three minutes of the first episode of Spawn is two reporters. One gets like a shotgun put in his mouth and gets his head blown off, and the other guy gets set on fire while alive. And ah, damn. it, yeah, it's it's some heavy stuff and there's a lot of heavy uh, subject matter in there. If you're familiar at all with the spawn stuff, there's yeah. certain characters that are pretty, um, pretty grotesque uh, characters, but it's worth a, it's worth a watch, especially if you like that, uh, if you like that sort of um, 
style. Yeah, I need to check that out. I wonder if it's on HBO Go or whatever. Um, you check it out. I I, I've know. never seen it, but I've never looked for it either. Though. It's really good. But it's yeah. it's like Castlevania in that it's really well done, but it's also very kind of nihilistic, very heavy. Yeah. Well, Mike Allen that was on before actually uh, was cool to talk to him about meeting uh, Michael J. White. Yeah, yeah. And so he got to like hang out with Spawn. Yeah, Black Dynamite. But, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> shit. Nobody better sell drugs to the community. Yeah. But Black Dynamite, I sell drugs to the community. Um, but I think maybe that that might fall under, and maybe Castlevania in that vein of that that idea of like American anime. Yeah. And yeah. So I know, I mean, you know, we we had talked about it a little bit, um, but specific ones that had come up that kind of fit into that category that we've talked about is um. Justice League Unlimited, yes. um, Avatar, yeah, Last Airbender, Korra, um, yeah, and that's like the sequel, right? Um, or like the yeah, I guess more or less. It's successor. yeah, it exists in the same universe. Yeah, I believe I've. It's going to make me a bad nerd, but I haven't watched either. Um, but uh, I do know enough that they are. You haven't seen they, Avatar. I haven't seen Avatar I or either, Korra. Yeah. I I like I was aware of it, and it was like I told Tim that because he's a big fan of avatar mm-hmm. but i'd seen like kind of like you had known enough just from like seeing like an episode here or there kind of like get the vibe of this yeah like the show or whatever when it got really popular it was on nickelodeon i believe yeah yeah it was. and i feel like that was during my like oh i like like i want to watch adult mature anime like oh, cowboy like bebop and like this is a kid's show yeah. you know and from what i understand it's it's great i just i've never gotten around to um to watching it yeah well so for the it didn't have a lot of clout back then especially because it followed like butt ugly martians so it's like <laughs> i don't know like you're kind of guilty by association on that like i don't want to yeah. follow this show that follows this bullshit show yeah that's i don't know if it was actually by that but <laughs> i just remember that <laughs> being enough. one of the nickelodeon shows and just being on the same network as some bullshit like that you're like man yeah they're, guilty by association there's some awful cartoon uh, i say they were awful they were it was probably me being a snob and you know oh no this isn't this isn't cool. This isn't, this doesn't touch Dexter's lab or, you know, <laughs> Ed, Ed, Nettie or space ghost coast to coast. You know, yeah. everybody's favorite stuff is the stuff that they grew up with. And the stuff that immediately followed it is stupid. Dumb. Yeah. So I talk about that, especially with Pokemon with my nephew, mm-hmm. because I'm such a huge fan and yeah. I'm like a, I don't know. I'm borderline a gen one but I like gold and silver, but okay. I, I stick more towards to the original 151. I'm firmly a Gen 1-er. And, yeah, but it's just like, I don't know. It's it's funny because he likes something that I like. Uh-huh. But because it's different, I'm like, that's dumb. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it's not the exact same thing that I like, then that's yeah. it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, you know, like what you like. If, yep. if, if you don't like it, then, you know shut the hell up yeah <laughs> but it's like one of those things that i've like i've caught myself doing that now so i consciously try to not shit on the keychain pokemon that yeah. you like so much yeah stuff <laughs> pokemon that look like uh chandeliers and just 
floating swords with eyes. Yeah. So some of it you can tell is As it, yeah. just like, man, kind of ran low on ideas yeah. for this this new game. As if a fire lizard has any more like plausible. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Than a chandelier. I've never Pokemon. seen anybody strap two water hoses to a turtle's back. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, what? Well, it's just the the thing is just like it's so unrealistic. It's like they're fucking <laughs> yeah, they're little creatures that like shoot lightning and fire right. and water. What do you mean it's not right? It doesn't look make sense a, now. It didn't make sense before. Look at a Mister Mime and tell me that that's not. <laughs> it's like you what know. I see in my worst nightmares. Yes, <laughs> um, man, that's funny. Um, so we kind of talked a little bit about Gundam Wing. Um, mm-hmm. I was a big fan of movies like endless waltz and then with with dbz i was a big fan of like tree of might like the basic bitch ones of course uh-huh. but you talked about one a movie that i actually haven't heard of i was gonna see if maybe you could maybe talk a little bit about the appeal of it um kind of what drew you into it was a uh, little nemo and slumberland yes uh little nemo and slumberland was probably the first i want to say if you don't count transformers uh as anime which you kind of can, you kind of can't. There's just as many pros as fours as against. But this was the first anime thing I ever saw. It came out in 1989, and it's actually, I believe it's a Miyazaki movie. Oh, but it's not part of this. But studio. it's not studio. It was yeah. pre-Studio Ghibli. So it's basically a kid who kind of goes into his dreams and fights um, – you know, evil. There's a, a lot of parallels to it and sort of the Nino Cooney game that came out uh, a few years ago that was designed by Studio Ghibli. Yeah. Um, but he, he rides a, a bed and it's very trippy, especially for a four year old, a three year old, <laughs> when I saw it. Um, and it kind of freaked me out. And I just remember seeing it and it was so much more well done. You know, that was the first thing that came to me from seeing uh, Japanese animation was it's so more, it's so much more well done, so much more detail and it's heavier. It's a little more adult. It's not, you know, super happy. Everything is okay. It'll, It'll scare you if if it needs to, you know, sort of like the Don Bluth stuff, um, the Land Before Time stuff, yeah. and All Dogs Go to Heaven. There's some there's some kind of scary imagery in there that'll freak you out if you're young enough. Uh, so though that was the thing that stuck with me, and probably why I still remember it is this is a movie I saw the, when I was like four. The tone, how different it was, yeah, than a lot of the things maybe you'd watched up to that point. Yeah, especially at that age, yeah. you know, you're watching, you know, what was I watching in 1989? Stuff like, well, like I think Ninja Turtles had just come out. Oh yeah. Um, but like Saturday morning kids shows uh, and this is some like wacky races type shit. Yeah. And this is some like heavy dream. You know, everybody talks about anime mom disease where in every <laughs> anime somebody's mom dies. Yeah. It's kind of, I think it, there's somebody in little Nemo that has anime mom disease. And, uh, so that's pretty heavy for, uh, for a kid. But you know, then again, 
Bambi's also got some heavy stuff. <laughs> so give and take, give and take. It's the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, it, with it being a Miyazaki joint, um, you know, there's always going to kind of be that undertone of something, whether it's, uh, you know, man versus man, man versus nature, mm-hmm. man versus self. Um, cause it, it seems to be real thematic like that. Anything that he kind of touches, there's always kind of like in the background. Yeah. Those things kind of like spliced in. Yeah. Very, the underlying tone of it. Very sort of naturalistic and very kind of, um, it's a lot of it. Yeah. is either man versus his own environment or his own self, you know, his own head in um, in Miyazaki stuff. So it, yeah, it's, it's kind of, heavy stuff for uh especially for kids yeah i mean i need to check that one out for sure yeah because yeah like a lot of people have seen like the other ones like you know spirited away and all those right all those but i guess i didn't even realize that that was like a miyazaki joint either though so yeah it's i i haven't seen it in i haven't seen it in probably 20 25 years and it's still i still remember it which I think says something for it. You know, yeah. if, if you haven't seen a movie in 25 years and you still remember it, yeah. I still have, you know, kind of small images of it in my head. And I think that's a good sign that you're making good art is when you're making something that sticks in the head of a four-year-old. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Burned into their brain yeah, forever. for better or worse. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, man. That's a... Uh, I... I think that's, you know, I talk about this being my favorite part of the show is getting to hear about things maybe I wasn't aware of Mm -hmm. and, you know, hearing people's perspective on it and kind of the draw of it and what makes something like that special. And so then it gives it even more appeal for me to go like be actively like, like a man, I need to go check that out. Like I didn't go watch that. Yeah. And so I, I like kind of that grassroots, like, um, way of learning about like shows or whatever Mm -hmm. really about anything yeah um but i think it's excellent an excellent way to kind of shine the light on something maybe it wasn't super well known Mm -hmm. and just you know talking about it you're always chasing that next unknown gem yeah yeah it's it's the rabbit hole yeah (laughs) um so yeah i want to talk a little bit um i want to be sure to give you time to talk about um something we had spoken about with like in regards to like your music and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so something you had mentioned was the bottle cap barn. Yes. Um, is that like a music group or what is that? Can you kind of explain what that is for someone like me? It doesn't know what it is, like what they do. Yeah. The bottle cap barn is a really, really cool venue that okay. is up in um, Edmond, uh, 3600 Rogers drive, I believe. But uh, what it is basically is some friends of mine uh, had a barn on their property. They've got a big, big property, and they just started having shows out there for local bands. And then as it kind of gained momentum, they started renovating it and kept renovating it. And now they have local artists. They have artists from as far away as Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Jesus. come through um 
great legendary bands like the Red Dirt Rangers, the late great Jimmy LaFave, um, Terry Buffalo Ware, uh, bands from, you know, bands from Texas like Adam Carroll and Mark Youngers, people from Canada uh, like Brock Zeman, uh, Rami Mays, all these great um, acoustic roots, folk, uh, really now they do all different kinds of genres, but it's just a great place. It's BYOB and they don't even really charge admission. They just ask that you put money in the hat when they pass the hat. And so it's very, it's almost, it's almost more of a community than a venue. Yeah. And it's, Sounds it's like it. really cool. I, I highly recommend you can find them on Facebook at, uh, the bottle cap barn, uh, they do have a website, and they live stream shows on oh, the, cool. the website. So if you can't make it actually to a show, uh, you can um, you can watch the live stream. But it's a it's a great place. Uh, I've been lucky enough to play there a few times. Uh, they do a show every um, every Black Friday. Oh, really? So if you want to. If you don't want to go deal with the throngs of people who are going to punch you in the face for a flat screen TV, you can go to the Bottle Cap Barn and they call it Red Friday. And every year they have the Red Dirt Rangers come out who, if you've never heard of them, they're a legendary uh, Red Dirt band that kind of that started. They were one of the pioneers of the genre and uh, they play every Black Friday out there. We call it Red Friday. So yeah, just check uh, check Facebook and uh, see if they've got a show coming up. And if they do, if it sounds like something, if it sounds like a band that you want to check out, please do. That's cool, man. Like that's it's interesting when it's something like that that I haven't personally heard of, mm-hmm. and it almost makes you wonder, like, how have I not heard about this yet? Like it's yeah, crazy. It's kind of one of the best kept secrets in, in Edmond definitely. And yeah. it's a really, it's a cool property and it's kind of a weird property. Uh, they have peacocks on the property. Damn. Um, I believe they have a pig. I don't know if they still have the Ram or not. It's like but a farm out there. It is. It's, it's sort of in its way. It's a little bit like a hippie com commune a little bit, huh. but everybody's super great. Um, they have, they typically have a potluck before the shows. So show starts at eight potluck starts at seven and you just go in there and fill yourself up on, you know, potato salad and barbecue if you want, then go and watch the show. And it's a fantastic, uh, fantastic venue. I, I would highly recommend, uh, checking it out. That's yeah, that's cool, man. Um, it's so it's so like uh, accepted and common to like kind of hate on Edmund, but I got mad <laughs> love for Edmund because you know I I lived there for a number of years. You know I went to mm-hmm. high school there and went to college there, like all through college, lived there. Yeah, and then moved out to the Yukon District, of course. Now, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I'm not definitely I'm definitely not with those um, that group of people that's just ready to shit on Edmund at any given time just because it's like man it was a good place like there's really nice people that live there yeah edmund's a great place i wouldn't a great place to grow yes tree (laughs) um yeah yeah if you like trees edmund is definitely your your place um (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a nice town. I, it's never going to be, I don't think a hip town, but I don't think that's what it's there for. Yeah. <laughs> you want, you want hip drive 10 minutes down to Plaza district or midtown or the beautiful tower theater or the bunker club or wherever and, and go find something cool to do. But I don't think you're going to find it in Edmond and that's fine. You'll always have the wolf trap. Yeah. There you go. And we <laughs> love the wolf trap. Or majors. There you go. There you or go. majors. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm convinced the only way the wolf trap will ever close is if that building burns to the ground. God. It's, it's going to be there forever. Yeah, it's gonna outlive us for sure. Oh man, it's like a time vortex. <laughs> you walk back in there and it's oh hello, nineteen eighty five. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> man, that's funny. Uh well man, I really appreciate you coming out. Um Yeah, thanks really so much quick, for having uh, me. Yeah, for sure. Um real quick, why don't you tell people where they can find like maybe you like your personal projects or whatever music like you're working on, um, like on social media or online. Yeah, I'm uh I'm in the process of recording, doing some home recording stuff and doing a little bit of a, a solo thing. Um, and you can find that on Facebook, uh, just Casey McElroy on Facebook. I'm on Twitter at the awesome robot, uh, come and, you know, come and yell at me there, or, uh, talk at me there. <laughs> um, and yeah, just, you know, uh, holla at me. <laughs> Get at him. He said, yes. Well, uh, cool, man. Um, again, you can find us uh, on social media, Tunes Podcast. Uh, that's T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. Um, so you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. And iTunes, Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcast. So, yep. Yeah. So we'll see you guys next time. Thanks again, Casey. Oh, thank you, man.